0: The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Eric Rizalvalto. Um, I'm a, a swim
1: technician, and uh, I'm also a professional swimmer. But he didn't find his sense of belonging in the pool. While I qualified for the Olympics, I felt a little bit good at dinner with my family that night. It's very, very fleeting. His relationship with Jesus changed
0: where he got his satisfaction.
1: Even like from my own family and my own father, like I want him to be proud of me for the man of God that I am. All on this episode of Belonging, next.
2: This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times.
0: Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young Catholic adults can find connection rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University, and I'm here to begin this new show. It was created out of a longing to share our walk with Christ, our insights, joys, and laughter. You are welcome on the journey with us as we together discover what it means to find a sense of belonging. Uh, Starting off, we're happy to be back, have some great discussions uh, just on the overall theme of belonging. Uh, we're joined once again by Father Gervon, uh, the chaplain at University Catholic, and and Eric Rizzovato here, uh, a resident of Nashville, a great person. Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, pleasure to have you all back. Thank you very much, hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, we're doing good here. Uh, Eric, good to have you on the show as a guest, uh, visiting and with with all your insight here. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Uh, where you're from? Uh, what What do you do here in Nashville?
1: Sure. So, where I'm from is always an interesting story because I've been all over the country. Um, I, I I lived mostly in Ohio throughout my childhood. I was born and raised in South. I was born in South Carolina. Lived in Florida, Virginia, a couple different places in Ohio. I lived in Arizona, Puerto Rico, Florida twice, uh, three times in Florida. Excuse me. And uh, and now I live here in uh, Gallatin, Tennessee. So um, I'm a, a swim technician. So I work with uh, swim athletes all around the country and I have a couple international clients as well. And uh, I'm also a professional swimmer.
0: Are you serious? Now, what does that entail being a, a professional swimmer? I don't think many of us know that lifestyle. Is it, <laughs> is it just all day, yeah. every day?
1: Not so much, uh, you know. I as a, I'm a sprinter, so I don't have to train quite as much as you know maybe a distance swimmer does. But I've I've really been trying to kind of settle back a little bit as I as I focus more on my relationship with God, um, and just you know I'm sure we'll get into that details here in, in a little bit. But um, it can be very very busy, and it can be not that busy at all. It really it's up to me and how much I want to push both in my business and in uh, the water as well.
0: I know Father Gervon probably has experience swimming. Is that right? Or I don't know. What do you I, how are you no, in the water? Not at all. I mean I was <laughs> I was
3: born in Brazil right by the beach and ocean, but no, not not at all. Same way that if you'd see me run, run because something is running after me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well it sounds like you got a great direction there with, with your career and your work. I think that's a that's a lot is what's on our mind right now. Being a young adult in in your twenties, your thirties is the idea of what do I want to be and and where am I going to be for a long time? I think those are pressing questions um, in our minds, and it's the first thing that people give us. Honestly, when you see someone you haven't seen in a long time, they say, "Well, what's what's new? Are you making it? uh, Where you want to go? What are your opinions on that?" I guess almost finding happiness in a sense, Eric, in, in your in your work or just in life in general?
1: Mm. You know, I could tell you for a long time, it was very tied to my happiness and my worth was very much tied to, um, my swimming performance and then shifting into my business and, you know, how much money do I make? You know, um, how do my clients see me? You know, what kind of respect do I have among the swimming community? And, you know, I am the best technician in the world and, I'm worth this, my blah, 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 blah. And really, since the coronavirus hit, I have, uh, like, I've just desired to not leave this place that I'm in right now. And I've really wanted to trim back on, you know, my focus on money that I'm making and my focus on how fast I'm swimming and more in, you know, how close am I to God? How much do I know that he loves me? How much do I love him? Um, and how does that impact the people around me? And I've, you know, I, I was, I was telling a friend of mine, I'm like, when I get out of this, I was like, I think I just want to make enough money just to be able to save a little bit and pay my bills because I know myself and I know what will happen if I go down this road where, um, you know, I I'm going to build a successful business. I'm an all in or all out kind of person. So if I go down that road, I know at least where I'm at right now, I will, my, my, my relationship with God will certainly sacrifice and eventually, my relationship with other people will sacrifice, um, and that's something that's not really—it's not worth it to me.
0: Father, what's your opinion on that? When we're kind of almost looking for happiness in a sense, in places where we're not going to find it—is what it sounds like—looking um, for unconditional love, almost in the wrong places, whether it be in our work or in the, in the wrong family times. Where are the places we should be looking, in a sense?
3: And I think that, you know, relating with what Eric just said, I think this situation that we are nowadays, it kind of will help us to really find what are those important things in our lives. Or, you know, I don't know what, which sense said that, but there was a saying that said that we cannot have priorities. We have to have our priority. You know, and Jesus should be our priority, God should be our priority. Otherwise, we're gonna be, you know, you can't focus on too many things at the same time. So I think that's kind of this whole situation will help us to really say what is worth to be doing. You know, yes, of course we're gonna work, we're gonna, you know, but what is really at the end, you know, what is what is worth for us to to have it? You know, what is worth for us to really you know, what is the meaning of life? Where we, you know, who, who to whom do we belong? Mm-hmm. And I think when, if we kind of, with all this time at home, I think we can kind of start to answer most of those questions. You know, what is the important thing for me to do? You know, it's like, yes, you, you know, even as a priest, yes, I need to pay my bills, you know, so I have to, you know, make money and, and all that stuff. But it's, what is my priority? What is that when everything else goes away? What is the only thing that we stay?
0: Wow, and I think I I find that all the time where my priorities are at. Um, listing, I know Eric, you have mentioned this kind of our, our earthly goals in a sense of if I do this, if I if I get if I go to college, if I get that job, then I'll be happy. If I do this, then it'll all be good. Um, but it's like I'm putting my priorities in the wrong place in a sense. Um, it, it's it's a strange feeling. Uh, there, but I think uh, l- looking for our goals and, and thinking about just being honest with ourselves and being vulnerable uh, I think is a big part of it too um, l- looking for happiness. Uh, uh, Eric you were, you were mentioning that earlier when I had when spoken to you before this, uh, what can you just say about being honest and vulnerable in our lives? I think you talked about honesty and the difference between that and vulnerability.
1: Yeah so, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, the main thing that I, I remember telling you is that like, there's a huge difference between being honest and being vulnerable. And so you can be honest with somebody and, and tell them something and not be vulnerable. So, and I used to do this a lot where I would share my testimony. and I'd, I would be honest with people and I would tell them all these things that I've done in my life and how Jesus had saved me and yada, yada, yada. And then, and then there's a difference between being vulnerable and opening yourself fully up to a person in your life. And, and, and it's almost as if you're naked, Mm. right. And they can look at you and say, I accept you or I don't accept you. Right. And the amazing thing with, with God is that like, you can be vulnerable with him and he will always accept you. Mm. Right. And so there might be things that you need to change in your life, but he's never going to look at you and be like, "Mm, sorry, goodbye. Um, Hmm. you know, whereas, whereas a human, we're imperfect. So our, our love is imperfect. Um, and so we cannot look at somebody, not all, sometimes we can, but there's, there's definitely times when we look at people and and we don't quite want that in our lives. Right. Um, and so we can do that to each other. Whereas the vulnerability that you can have with God is, is, is perfect. And you don't have to be, although we are ashamed and we are afraid of what he might say, it's like, he doesn't do that to us, which is. The most beautifully amazing thing ever um now it's you know accepting that is can you accept it is a is another (laughs) um another discussion
0: and that might be something i think that answers the question what are we afraid of is it afraid of of being vulnerable and revealing maybe those parts in our hearts that we kind of want to push under a mental rug Mm -hmm. in a sense um but i think you're right with that vulnerability when someone else kind of gives their testimony it reveals a part of your own heart to yourself that maybe you didn't notice, um, or the mm-hmm. sympathy of saying, I-, "I felt that place too." Kind of finding the the fragility of, of your faith, um, Father. What is your opinion on that? Just what do you think is going through the hearts of young people when they, if they're asked the question, "What are you afraid of?" Is it being disliked, or, or put aside, or persecuted?
3: I think that. It's a mix of everything, you know? I think that uh, mainly going back what Eric said, you know, about the, we don't want to be vulnerable, you know, we don't want to, we don't want other people to know our weakness, especially, you know, in our society today and everything that you have to be the best, you know, I think Eric was talking about, I want to be the best professional. I have to, you know, I want to have the best business. I want to, you know, and it kind of, we kind of put ourselves in a shelf and in a, in a shell that is like, ah, I don't know. And then because we don't, uh, because we are not vulnerable with ourselves, you know, some, some so so, I think sometimes that kind of end up being hard. But I think I'm going to disagree with you, Eric, a little bit. I think we have to be vulnerable with the right people. You know, I think we have to we have to find the right person that I can be be vulnerable. Because, you know, yes, of course there are some things in our life that we're only going to be vulnerable with God. You know, that's when you like using the example that you said, you know, like you go naked to God, you know, you're like, This is who I am. Because I know that you love me, I know that you accept me no matter what I did, no matter what. But I think in our lives we have to find those people that we can trust and we can be vulnerable to those people. Now, I think one of the interesting things about you know the process of spiritual direction the process of when you and you know you go and you talk to a priest or you talk to to a, somebody who who is trained to be spiritual director is, is that exactly that process of being vulnerable and allow God to be you know helping you and to see your 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 own weakness and everything and then what are you afraid of? You know, that's one of the, one of the questions that we, we ask a lot in spirit direction. What are you afraid of? And sometimes people are afraid of the small things, you know, but they're like, I don't want to talk about that because, you know, sometimes if I don't talk about that, it's going to go away. But not, no, that's exactly when you have to, we have, you know, I'm not going to put myself out of that, but I have to expose myself to God's mercy and allow him to be the, like, yes, I know that you're afraid of this. But together we can work this out. But together, you know, and that is being vulnerable. There is being allowing God to be the one who 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 comes to us. And by doing this, allow us to, you know, be what God created us to be.
0: I think that's a, a lot what's what's going through people's minds. I think just day to day, whether it's going to work or, or or being at home or being with the families, it, it's hard to answer those questions about yourself to sit. And think uh, we talked a lot about patience. I think before the show, um, being patient with yourself, uh, I think is a big part of it. With whatever differences or, or comparisons you have with other people, because um, we, I think we look for affirmation a lot in life, is what it seems like. Um, whether it be uh, as a husband or as a father, if you're in that role, or as a single person from from your parent from your own parents, um, that's a big part of life. Is just who you are when no one's around i think building that character um just knowing yourself well uh, is hard to discover uh eric uh, w- what can you say about that just thinking in life um looking for that affirmation i think is what, what we all look for um but about character in a sense and of that idea of who are you when no one's looking uh when you're going through the trials uh How is it just if you're on your own sometimes?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, as men, this is always a very, very touchy topic. Um, You know, I'm reading a really awesome book and it's called The True Measure of a Man. And it, it just was really talking about the shift in society for men and what has happened where we used to, it used to always be about your measure of a man was who he was as a father, and, and, a, and a husband at home, like that was you, this is who you are as a man. This is where you get your real affirmation from. And and then it switched to what do you do outside of the home? How much money do you make? How big is the car that you, or how nice is the car that you have? How big is the house that you have? Um, you know, all of these types of things. And so we look, we try to get affirmation from, you know, from things outside of our, outside of how God sees us or, You know, outside of our relationship with God, when ultimately, what we're judged on is not, you know, how much money we made. I'm not going to get up to heaven, and God's not going to be like, "Yeah, wow, you swam so fast, come on in." Like, I'm just so proud of you, you know. And so, uh, I mean, remember we talked about this a little bit earlier. Ultimately, it's like, who are you at home? As you know, someone doesn't mean I have kids. Who am I when I go home, and what am I to my children? Because it's easy to be one thing and to say something when you're being recorded or when you're, you know, talking to people or when you're at a party or when you're at church and it's another thing when nobody's watching and you don't have to be that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's, who are you in tough times? Who are you with your parents? Who are you with your children? Who are you with your husband or your wife, your husband with your wife? Um, You know, or if you're a female, who are you with your husband? And so, mm. you know, that, that's like, that's your character, that is character. And, and that's more important than anything. And, you know, for me personally, what I've seen is this shift from wanting to, wanting to make money and be able to buy a a wife, nice rings, or be able to get my kids a bunch of things or be able to, you know, get a new car or be able to have whatever to, okay, I really just want to have. Like I want to, I want to get to sainthood. Like I want to be holier. I want to love God more, and I want that to seep out into the people that I encounter. Um, and and it, really, during this time, I've just I'm feeling this massive shift of, you know, I want affirmation for what I'm doing, even like from my own family and my own father. Like I want you going from I want him to see me as a fast swimmer. And I want him to see me as a successful swimmer. And like now, all I want is man, I, I want him to be proud of me for the man of God that I am. And I would rather my wife look at me and be proud of me for the way that I treat her or the way that I treat my children than, you know, wow, you make so much money or wow, you're so successful in your business because it's, those are fleeting things. Um, Mm. and although they might bring you a sense of joy, it's, I I tell kids all the time success is the shortest live high you'll ever experience. Um, Mm you know, as for me as a professional swimmer, I could, I could win a medal or qual- qualify for Olympics, for example, in 2016. And that wow. lasted, I, I felt nothing when I touched the wall and qualified and I felt a little mm. bit good at dinner with my family that night. And by the time you're back at the hotel, it's what's next. It's so
0: fleeting.
1: yeah, it's very, very fleeting.
0: So. Wow. You talked a lot about, I think growing in holiness with those people is a big part of any relationship with a, with a friend, or a parent um, or yeah, like a, a spouse or dating is a big part of, I guess, walking side by side uh, together, um, making each other in, in that path of sainthood. How has that been in your life? Um, who, who do you feel you're most closest to at this point? Is it, is it your friends or your spouse or a coworker, a significant other? Who do you feel close to? I
1: think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I have a couple of friends that I've met, you know, I I was supposed to come into the church this, this Easter. Um, So, you know, a little bit of wildness right now, but, you know, so I have a few mentors that I'm, I'm pretty close with. And the girl that I was dating, I mean, I would say it's probably the best relationship I've ever had with another human being, um, which has been amazing. But, you know, honestly, I think my relationship with myself has, Mm -hmm has been the most impactful reason we're talking about being even, you know, and father said, you being vulnerable with yourself. Even, you know, I have experienced more emotion and more feelings through certain things that I've been through than I ever have in my entire life in, in a healthy way. When I say that, um, you know, when I was younger, I was trained to not feel emotions for my, so I could perform athletically. Um, Hmm. and so now getting to a point where I'm, I'm letting God, penetrate my soul and allow me to to heal you know it takes you have to go through pain to heal you have to feel sad to heal you have to feel angry to heal you have to you know like mm. these things are very important to it doesn't mean dwelling on them is one thing you know dwelling in anger dwell you know, that's one thing but feeling the emotion is not a bad thing and that's something that i haven't experienced in most of my life so Hmm. having a relationship with myself and looking in the inside and saying, why do you really want this? Hmm. Why are you really chasing this? Is this for you? Is this for God? Is this to obtain affirmation from somebody else? Is this, you know, is this going to lead you to heaven? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think those hmm. are really important questions to ask ourselves. Like, do we, do you really even know, like, do you know yourself? You know?
0: Wow. And take time to be like, go in and and silence and patience and thinking, you know, what is it that I want? And why do I want these things? Is it it because somebody's pressuring me or pushing me? Uh, Father, how has it been in in your life as far as relationships? Is it with with brother priests that you think are helping you grow in more holiness or or the students you work with? Uh, Who do you feel most close to in your day-to-day life?
3: You know, I think that, we always have people that are close to us and then we relate well, you know, yes, i I'm absolutely. I have, you know, good uh, brother priests that are, you know, because, and, and that's the other thing. If you, like Eric was saying, if you, if you are in a good relationship, that person is going to build you up, you know, not mm. necessarily that person is going to tell you what you want to hear, you know, but that person is going to help you and to be what God created you to be. You know, sometimes, you know, in, in any relationship, it's it's hard to say some stuff to some people, but it's like, hey, Zach, I love you so much that I have mm. to tell you, like, hey, you did this, and it wasn't a good thing, and this is how I feel. Or, you know, and that's the kind of things that we have. We all have to have those people, you know, who are able to come at us and say, hey, this, is, this was, wasn't good, you know. Wow this is, you know, like you did this or you said this, I I didn't appreciate this or, or. but I think I want, the other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, it's about the silence. You know, I think this time for us, it's, you know, like I work at Forsyth House. It's a house that is always, you know, packed with people, you know, hmm. but I think right now the house is in silence, you know, the Blessed Sacrament is still here. But I think when we, when we it, it, sometimes it can be a scary place for you to go, the silence. Mm. Wow. Because, you know, but that, that passage that, you know, there was an earthquake, there was a fire, there, is, there was a, you know, a rain, God wasn't there. God wasn't mm. that, you know, that, that breeze that came that, on the silence. So I think that it's, again, it, sometimes it's a, it's, it's a difficult place to go to in the
0: silence. But that's where—that's what, what we're afraid of. I think is yes, is going to those places where it just does more than scratch the surface. I guess, like Eric, you were saying too, being vulnerable with yourself, mm-hmm. finding out more about yourself—it's it, so hard to just be, to be present. Um, I know it's so cliche to say we're always on the go and always on mm-hmm. our phones, but boy, isn't it true? Just to sit
3: in and in you realize society, you're being. Just- you know, it's like it's not who you are, but what do you do. Mm. You know, and sometimes in this time it's hard because, like, I can't do anything. You know, I there's an example. This guy uh, William Carmona. He he was a priest. He was ordained as a priest, and uh, we went to the seminary together. He was he's a he was a priest for the diocese of Nashville. But anyways, uh, he end up uh, being uh, in, he was ordained on his deathbed, You know, so he was, uh, he, was uh, he died three days after he was ordained. And Bishop Chobe, you know, he was a fourth-year theologian, and we find out that he was on stage four uh, terminal cancer. And they, you know, the bishop asked, William, do you want to be ordained? And he said, yes, I want to be ordained to, have, to, to serve the people of God but i think for him it was uh, it was a really deep uh, experience because he didn't do anything you know i did his first mass three days after he's he was ordained he was he died but that's that's the power of being not necessarily the power of doing we are in a society that we are all want to do stuff you know i i'm famous because i do this i accomplish and those things are good things they are not bad things but i feel we, we are invited to go to the deeper things. It's mm. who you are. Even, you know, Father William, he was prostrated in the bed three days of, you know, before he died. He didn't do anything, but he was. Wow. And I think that, you know, when we encounter ourselves, when we encounter God, it's not necessarily what we do, but who we are. Because God does, and, and sometimes we have, you know, the almost like a savior, uh, you know, some kind of craziness. I want to do everything. I want to do anything, but then that's not why God loves us. He loves us mm-hmm. because we are wow. His beloved children. And that's a kind of it's a weird place to be. It's a it, it's a hard place to be because it you don't need to do anything. You just need to be and allow God to love you.
0: Wow, we don't have to earn it. Such so unconditional. I think. Um, who who we are is is different from from what we do. And I think we find a lot of humility there. I think in, in growing and finding less of ourselves and more, and uh, just being and living this beautiful life. Uh, Father Jervon, Eric, thank you for your time today for t- talking with us for your insight.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you
3: for having us, and you know, looking for the next one because Absolutely. we all belong. Been a, and we all we all belong to God. Yeah. God loves us.
0: I think we're finding that in our honesty and, and vulnerability here. Um, we've come to an end of our time together. I just, I just want to thank again our, our guests. and thank all of you in our listening audience for spending your time with us. If you liked what you heard today, let us know. Write to info at WBOU.org. And remember that you can tune in online at WBOU.org on 100.5 FM, the tune in app or with your smart speaker at home by saying play Nashville Catholic Radio. All our shows will also be archived on the same website, wbou.org. Special thanks to Jim Crow, our programming director. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging. on the next belonging the show for young catholic adults we'll talk to carlos a music composer who's found himself far from nashville so i i do miss tennessee and you know oklahoma for those of you who've never gone don't go i mean it's just flat or <laughs> right oh, really you know Thank it's you. you know it's you see you know those what does those hay belt, not hay It was like i don't know this, this going in the wind, you know, I saw one before and I was like, I thought these were fake. No, they like actually happened in real life. <laughs> he went through the loneliness that comes from being in a new place. It, it, got, it got bad to the point where I I personally went, you know, for the first time ever, I went to go see a counselor. And so for those of you uh, who are out there who just need the help, you know, I, I would encourage you. But he finds his belonging through music. Haydn, a uh, composer, people criticized him. Uh, why is your music so happy? And they said, well, the reason why my music is so happy because God made me happy. And, and, you know, my music should be happy for God. And Father Gervon reveals his musical side.
3: I can sing. It doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. So but I, I can sing.
0: <laughs> on the next Belonging, Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.